Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sean and Andy Power and Pain podcast, or Pain and Power. This episode is called June is the new May, or July is the new? No, no, June is the new May. June is the new May. Let's let's deal with this month before we worry about next month. Okay, okay. (laughs) One step at a time, Sean. One step at a time. One month at a time. (laughs) Sometimes it's not enough, but anyway, we'll go on. Um, Yeah, so in this episode, it's, it's a funny one because we didn't know what to talk about. So I basically got a book that's been staring me in the face for the last few months and I flicked through it and I came up with this topic. So this book is uh, a weight loss manual, man versus fat. These principles also apply to women as well, or whatever gender that you are. Mm-hmm. It, it all applies. We're all pretty much the same. Um, thank God. <laughs> uh, so we, I flicked through it and we landed on um, calories and out-training a bad diet. Mm-hmm. So basically how many calories you burn from exercise and can you eat, eat back those calories or if you burn or if you don't burn enough calories, can you eat them back or if you vice versa? Mm-hmm. So Andy, can you out-train a bad diet? It's a really interesting question uh, because in principle, yes, you can burn more energy through exercise than you consume, depending on how much you're consuming. So I think we've always got to be mindful of, okay, what is the number, what is the calories required in order to maintain weight, if weight is your goal? And then we've got to be thinking about, okay, if I'm eating 300 calories too many, and I want to burn that in a gym setting, it's probably going to take you two hours. Okay, but then we've also got to start to think about, okay, what constitutes a bad diet in inverted commas? Because really, we shouldn't be considering eating in one style versus another as good and bad. So there's there's loads to explore within this. And I think it's really important to keep sight of goals, because somebody who wants to pack on the muscle mass is going to eat and require a different amount of energy to somebody who wants to lose weight. For me, the majority of clients that I work with are going to be wanting to lose weight and therefore require calorie deficit as a big part of that. It's not the only part of it, but it's a big part of it. So then we get down to asking the question, if I am over-consuming energy, can I take myself into calorie deficit by exercise? Yes, you can, but it depends how much you're overeating. So... You can't out-train a suboptimum diet, words chosen carefully. Um, But it depends what constitutes suboptimum from my perspective. So we could be saying suboptimum diet is eating too much energy overall, too many calories, right? That's one part of it. Suboptimum diet may be eating a restrictive diet so maybe we're saying right i'm going to cut out all grains carbohydrates and starchy carbs okay so that's going to present us with a different problem so i think it's really interesting and 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 the overarching lesson here i think to appreciate is if you do try 
to out-train a suboptimum diet, you're going to get very frustrated. You're going to have to spend a lot of time in the gym. You're going to become a miserable bastard because your life is going to function around exercise. And yes, we do need to keep moving, but we need to think about who are we? So for you and I, as exercise professionals, it might be reasonable for us to go into the gym and smash a hard workout session three, four, five times a week. Okay, but we've got to ask, well, who's our client? Who are we serving? What is the best way to create optimum health? And that's the question we should always, always go back to. What is optimum health going to look like for this individual that I'm looking to serve or this individual that's listening without being exclusive, without being restrictive, and more and more, more and more what I'm finding is the need to educate people in how to find compassion for themselves. And it will always come back to a matter of mindset for me. Always, always comes back to a matter of mindset because dieting in a very strict, very harsh way is relatively easy until you get so far into your own journey, you realize you fucked your own ass by being too restrictive. And then you've got to reprogram that. And so you're effectively creating a yo-yo approach to lifestyles. And that isn't to be supported. It isn't desirable because as much as you confuse your body, you confuse your brain. And as much as you confuse your brain, you get frustrated, demotivated, and you basically will not adhere to any type of plan. And I'm going to shut up and let you say something. (laughs) I love that. Um, you made some good points there and I love the way you always bringing it back to the mindset of it and to who's in front of you um, because obviously we can't tarnish everyone with the same same brochure, you can't give everyone the same gym plan or, or the same diet plan mm-hmm. um, so I know you, you said you didn't say yes or no <laughs> that you can or cannot and I think that's accurate, Sean. That was yeah. done on purpose. Yeah. And this is why personal training is personal, because we've got to look at who is it that who who is it that we're dealing with? Who is it that we're serving? Who is it that we're supporting? Who is it that we're taking through the process of self-development? Are they going to be better? Are they going to function better as a human being, mentally and physically? as a result of taking the journey supported by us as their coach? That should always be the question, and it should be an ethical question. The answer should always be yes, but it should also be tailored to the individual that we're dealing with. Because so often our goals, fitness goals, lifestyle goals, personal goals, self-development goals, they come from a place that is lacking rather than from loving. And if we keep choosing our goals from a place of lack, then we are always going to fail. We're going to go around these perpetual cycles of yo-yo approaches to both diet, mindset, and nourishment. And we're not actually going to get any better. And our role is to help people get better, better at living, better at emotions, better at eating, better at dealing with pressure and stress, better at dealing with relationships. It doesn't just come down to salad on a plate, 200 kilo deadlifts. There's so much more in this. Nice. 
And I'm sorry, I was just trying to process that there. So it's not just about 200 kilo deadlifts and, and eating salads. It's about a more sustainable approach. And we see it all the time as well in, um, in the fitness industry, especially with fitness professionals going for photo shoots or, or even bodybuilding shows. I know that's, that's their sport, but a lot of people sell the, the transformations, the eight week or 12 week transformation. But then the person usually a lot of the time learns nothing or learns very little and ends up almost like relapsing or if you will. Yeah, and I think yeah. the principle of creating a fast turnaround, a 12-week transformation, awesome. But you're probably not going to that, – that's a, that's a different approach to creating a style of living that can stay with somebody with minor tweaks and changes as they go through the aging process. And most of the clients that approach me have been on this yo-yo approach, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. And primarily, when they get started working with me, it will be the mindset that needs to be adapted. It will be a dose of compassion that is required. Because it's very, very easy to repeat the past. Repeat the past, do what you did yesterday go through that process, work really, really hard, lose a shitload of weight, four months time, feeling great. Can you stay there? That's my question. And for me, a lot of my clients are going to be late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And the approach that they need is different to the approaches that they've tried before. And it must come from a place of compassion. It must come from a place of reality. It must come from a place of sustainability. It must come from a place that I can do this without my coach at some point in future. I don't need a coach to be healthy. I need a coach to shine a light on the way to remain healthy for the long term. And I think that needs to be the goal. Yes, scale weight is one of the indications for our health. It's not the only indication. How about we start to manage happiness or contentment or self-talk or self-acceptance, self-care, microdosing, all of those tools that people can implement day in and day out without excuse, without fail. Those are the things that are going to make the difference. And it's... It's a different one because if you could step on a scale or step on something or or have a watch and it tells you how happy you are, we could we'd probably be really trying to be happy. We'd be like, oh, I have to go go do this now so I get five happiness scores or something like that, do you know. But it's not it's not something it, that you can measure on on a day to day. Well, it is a day to day basis, like a, like stepping on a scales. Yeah. You step on a weighing scales. You're 100 kilos today, you're 99 the next day, you're 99.5 the next, and over time it goes up or down or whatever it does. And I think, you know, we've got to be mindful that for most of our clients, when they come to us, they are in a frustrated, unhappy, unhealthy, self-deprecating, self-loathing even position 
and they need to be helped back from that position. They don't need happiness. They don't need joy. Those, those joy, happiness, amazement, infatuation, all of those emotions, they come and they go. They come and they go. Okay, so why don't we make the goal about self-acceptance, compassion, and recognize that difficult times are going to happen, happy times are going to happen. The place we operate is in the middle. Nine times, nine days out of ten. Um, and that gives us an opportunity to not just look at the goal and be over overpowered by it, victim to our goal. It, it brings us back to today. What can I do today? What is it that I do today? And really what we're saying here, I, I think, is that can you out-train a, a poor diet or a, a suboptimum diet? Yeah, you can, but it's going to take a lot of time. For the majority of people that we're working with, they are time poor and cash rich. So expecting to out-train a, a suboptimum diet is not realistic. Okay, so the diet, the food choices, the, uh, the energy consumption needs to be considered. Okay, and even going back a step from there, I would start with hydration. To anybody that's listening, if you want to know where to start and you feel like you are not in a healthy place for now, start with hydration. The barriers are low, the costs are low, the practice day to day is what's going to make the difference. And so we've got to look at this about what's practicable and what's practical. Pra I can't say those two words alongside each other. Practical. What's practicable practical. and what's practical to be practicable. Put your teeth back in, Andy. <laughs> but you get my point. It's like, what can we do? What can we keep doing to get off of this hamster wheel that keeps spinning and then stopping and we jump off? Spinning, stopping and we jump off. And we fall into that. But it worked for me last year. Last year, I lost loads of weight on this whatever juice diet or Weight Watchers or whatever it was. I'll just do yeah. that again and I'll lose a load of weight before I go on holidays and then fuck up my hormones and come back and put it all on again. Sure. And, I, and I think actually this is where the industry, this is where our beloved health, fitness, lifestyle industry is right now. That I don't think our, audi our audiences, I don't think our tribe, I don't think they believe that the long-term sustainable answers come in the form of products or clubs or memberships. I think we're at a point post-COVID where we go, we've got to figure this out for ourselves. And bringing things in from the outside world is not necessarily going to be helpful. What I believe as, as, as a coach, and, and I'm sure you do as a coach, is our job is not to deliver instructions. That's an instructor. Our job is to ask the questions that lead the clients, lead our people, our tribe to the questions or rather to the answers that they've never considered before. And that takes a bit of creativity, takes a bit of imagination, and it's going to be person specific. Yeah. And within exactly. all of that creativity and that personal expression that we're trying to bring out of our clients, we're not trying to create cookie cutters. Not every cookie is going to look the same if it was made with love. Mm. Not every, 
it just it just is so personal to the individual that our role, I believe, is in asking questions, not giving instructions. Let's help people find their own answers. Let's help people to take action on their own answers. And let's help them stay accountable to their own plans, goals and dreams. Yeah, I like, I like that you use the, the individual approach because as personal trainers, we know we get to know our clients a lot and what they like and dislike and their hobbies and all, all that. And um, I found some creative ways to, to get people moving. And that's not just go for your, get your 10,000 steps in a day. If somebody told me I have to get 10,000 steps a day, I'd be like, fuck off. I just, it would be a chore and then I wouldn't like it. But uh, We all know what we need to do. Yeah. But we don't know how to implement it in our own lives. But, uh, that's the challenge. You know, I've got a client at the moment who... Um, struggles with getting the motivation to to move okay and there's some some issues in there around mental health and that that's been supported through uh his own meditation practices has been through counseling uh talking therapy cbt cbt all of that stuff um and is now ready to tackle his weight and there are times where it gets to half past 10 at night he hasn't done this movement for that day. And so it's then a question of how do we change the energy? And he'll go and he'll drum. 10 minutes drumming. He loves drumming. Frustrated that he's not very good at drumming. Well, the only way to get better at that is to practice. So go and drum. And there's a, I've got another client um, who is quite immobile post-operation at the moment. And his challenge is to, every time he goes uh to the loo he's get off the loo twice minimum three times hopefully it's got to be really specific to that individual what can they do what's the goal what motivates them yeah i like that i have i have one client as well and i just say right put on a song song length whatever it is that's about three and a half four minutes whatever it is just mm -hmm. have a little dance just on your coffee yeah. break or while you're waiting for the kettle, just do some squats, do some push-ups. Or another one has a basketball hoop outside her house. I'm like, five minutes, go out, shoot some hoops for five minutes and come back in. And then you're refreshed as well. You're after getting some fresh air. We're not just talking about the value of moving in that case. What we're actually doing is we're saying change your energy. Yeah. You're, feeling, you're feeling sedentary. You're feeling unmotivated. You're in a position of disease, a lack of comfort. Okay, in order to get through that, you need to change your energy. You need to do something different. And if it's a physical thing, that fits beautifully with with our remit to get people moving more regularly in a way that's sustainable. And it isn't just about creating the result; it's about what's sustainable. Because otherwise, we're we're creating we're recreating a problem of that client's past. And, and a lot of my clients, I've, I've taken on two male clients in the past couple of weeks, and they are quite uneasy about approaching this from a place of love for themselves and acceptance and compassion and fairness because they're not used to it. But if we want to create results for the long term, we have to come from that place that is care. Yeah. Self-care, care for us.
And I think when, when somebody gets a, a coach or a personal trainer, they want, they want it to be like fucking David Goggins or like SAS, are you tough enough? They want to be like, I, even this morning, I had a Zoom client on Zoom and she said, oh, I can't wait now to be sore tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's not the whole point of it. Like, you probably will be because we, we're going to do a, a tough session, but it's not the point to, to get sore. Or like, if she's not sore the next day, she thinks, oh, that wasn't a, an effective session or it could have been more effective. Yeah, I mean, the question that's I would ask... can't wait for the pain in the next session. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, I find that creating soreness for a client is one of the most unprofessional things we can set out to do as a goal why why would we want to do that we delayed onset of muscle soreness cramps discomfort it's going to do nothing for our motivation the next day although you may have a particularly sadistic client who wants to feel pain they will not want to feel that pain three days a week for the next three years believe me it's not tenable it's just we sometimes we add new exercise, add a new exercise in, and it's like, oh, a nice split squat this week. That's gonna, that's we're gonna feel that tomorrow. But and that's get, fine, you know, that little bit of discomfort is fine. But if you've ever really experienced the delayed onset of muscle soreness, it means yeah. you can't freaking move. Yeah, it's, it's very unkind. Not nice. Well, I remember doing that in my early days in the gym, and I would get in the car the next morning, and I would actually be a danger because I couldn't turn the steering wheel sufficiently enough to turn a corner. And I mean that with my hands and my heart. How kind is that? Never mind to me. What about the other motorists who I pose a, a life-threatening risk to? <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You're just creating a lot of inflammation in the body. It's going to take you longer to recover, which means you'll probably miss a, a gym session because you're too sore. So yeah. instead of getting two, possibly three gym sessions in, you just get one really, really hard one. Yeah. Which gets into the whole... It just doesn't work, does it? Yeah. It, it's... Uh, I mean, there, there's, there's an air there, just, just listening to you say those words, of kind of addiction. Oh, 100%. I'm going to go in, I'm going to work really, really hard, and then I'm going to feel really sore. Yes, I'm, I'm successful at working out. No, you're not. You're successful at beating yourself up. And that just doesn't make sense, does it? You said something really interesting there also, and that was, um, what did you say about the SAS? Or, or uh, Are you tough enough, the like David Goggins style of training? Yeah, that's sort of, now that's really cool. If you want to go into the SAS or become a Marine commando, you're going to have to operate at that pace, in which case, when you reach out to your PT, make sure they're ex-military. Right. So what we're talking about really here is... Who's our tribe? My tribe, my people, the people that I serve are going to be different to yours. They're going to be different to David Goggins. In fact, our people are not going to come to us if we present like David Goggins. It's going to be a different type of person yeah. that is attracted to that. So, and I think, you know, modern lifestyles are stressful. We have this thing called an anaesthetic load, which are, is our sum total of stress. Okay. If you're trying to, out train a suboptimum diet, you are adding hugely to your anaesthetic load. It's an unpleasant experience. Okay, now hopefully we're all going to be around in 50 years' time and we're going to be in a good state of health. 
we're not going to reach that good state of health by adding stress, pain, discomfort, frustration, mentally or physically. Um, and I don't give a flying fuck what anybody says. My job here as a coach is to help my clients create their best experience of being on this planet because it's short. One day you will be dead. Do you really want to go through that pain and misery week after week, day after day? Do you want to self-perpetuate that thing that is, I cannot be successful at living a healthy, contented, happy life? And you mentioned about your allostatic load. Um, how do you how do you moderate that with people? Like if there's somebody who's in a, a stressful job who work 40, 50 hours a week, whatever, and then they want to go to the gym as well, which is how they de-stress, but it's also putting stress on the body as well. Um, I, yeah, I find... Like family as well or something like that. Um, how do you, yeah, how do you work around that? If my approach to personal training is personal, then my every session is personal too. So well, I actually find that takes its own course. And as long as I've set up a really good working relationship built on a foundation of trust and honesty, the client can tell me, I'm stressed, I'm struggling with this, I'm here, I still want to do my session, but you know what? I don't need to add to that load right now. And so my approach to every PT session is, where is that client right now? What's happening for that client today? I don't care what you did in your last PT session if that's not a tenable position for you today. Yeah, bit of auto-regulate the session. Of course, and there's a session plan, yep. but we are not here to serve the same thing day in, day out. We're there to have a plan which is open to change based on what our client needs that particular day. And it's cool if the client goes, you know, I really, really want to work hard. Yeah. The way I do it is I say to my clients, how hard are you working between one and 10 today? And I'll do that three or four times through the workout. And a big challenge for the, one of the guys that I'm working with at the moment is that he's done his marathons, he's done his half marathons. And now he feels quite guilty about saying, you know, doing his first workout, phase one of his, his planned workout, he feels quite guilty about saying, I'm working at an eight or seven or eight out of 10 because he still feels he should be as fit as he was three years ago. You are not where you were three years ago. You're a different person. You were in a different position. He's got a one-year-old son. He's working in a, text, in, in a taxing mental health environment himself. So I find making it less about us and more about the client. Where is that client today? What's going on for that client? How are we doing? How are we feeling? How hard are you working right now? That's that's why I love personal training as well because you can you can get your workout in but you can also talk to the client as well see how they're feeling during a session as well because sometimes when the blood is flowing and they they start feeling a bit better and they might start to open up to you a small bit more as well and sometimes they don't have another person outside of their maybe immediate circle who they can talk to and say do you know I had a shit day or whatever um. And sometimes, sometimes you do fall into that therapist 
remit as well. But and you will, you, you know, you you will because you're there to help that person with their life. You're not there just to teach them to squat or to deadlift or to plank. You're there to support their life and to make it as good as it possibly can be. And it comes back to that process of I find self development. Self development can be physical. It can also be mental. Uh, and it needs you need to, to trade both mm. commodities. Yeah, uh, I don't think the personal training in 2022-23 is about beating people into submission. I believe that most people out there right now are very good at beating themselves up. They don't need me and you to do it for them. <laughs> they need us to show them a different way. And the head fuck of it all is that sometimes it's right to do more and sometimes it's right to do less. And the only way to get to the bottom of that question is to speak with that client. Yeah. Asking questions is always always the way, isn't it? Absolutely. And what you said there, like um, like if we're if we're changing how someone eats and some and how they move, then as you said, we're going to change every other aspect of their life as well, whether we like it or not. Like if you move yeah. or and you eat better, you're gonna you're gonna feel better. So it's going to have a knock-on effect to other areas in your life. You're not just going to go into the gym and then eat your good food and then be a dickhead for the rest of your life. But there's one thing that runs through life and it is energy. We are energy. Life is energy. Being on this planet is energy. At a real basic level, we are energy. Just so we need to learn how to manage energy. that. But again... Balls of meat and energy floating around. <laughs> well, some bones as well. <laughs> water. We're mainly water. Yeah. Well, maybe a couple of other bits and pieces, but I, I do definitely think and feel that we are energy. We need to be in charge of energy. Yeah, and that, that includes hydration. It includes sleep. It includes stress. It includes uh, self uh, uh, Caring, longevity, relationships, jobs, professions, uh, all, all of that. Our, our role is to help people live better lives and, and also to know when we're out of our depth and when we then refer to another professional. And, yeah, and do you, I think I asked you before, but do you journal or do you journal with your clients or get them to journal or do you do it yourself? Both. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and less do I need to, to sit with a pen and paper to journal anymore. I can, I can do it in my own head. So I can do it whilst I'm walking. I can be grateful. It is a, is a massive part of it. Um, and that, that goes back to that thing. Are your goals coming from a place of love or lack? If you're feeling lack it's probably not the greatest foundation to make change upon. Yeah, and if you're feeling that you're not as good or as fit or as strong or in the same, same shape or as intelligent as somebody else, then that's also coming from a place of lack. And all we actually need to do is we need a, to find a tool to help ourselves move through it, round it, under it or over it. Those are our choices. And so... Again, going back to what it is to be in this profession, it's about problem solving. Problem solving in a creative way that, that other people may not have ever thought about. 
and um, I forgot your last point. What what tools do you use to problem solve with your clients? Play. You play with them. Play, play, laughter, uh, thoughts, questioning, communication. Uh, because it's often the creative solution that's going to be the one that works. I had a client that was struggling with some stress, and it sounds really crazy now, but instead of going into an absolute fit of rage about how people were behaving around him, he used to shout bean sprouts. Used to what? Sorry? Shout bean sprouts. Oh, shouted. Yeah. Bean Not fuck, bollock, shit, crap, bastards, arseholes all around me, all of that. Not that helpful. Bean sprouts. Because it made him laugh. It changed the energy. It was, a, it was a break. It was fun. It took him from where he was back. Like, it's just like that. It, just change something, change, change, change. And it sounds absolutely nuts. But if, you know, this, this client is bipolar and would very easily nosedive in terms of his own mental health as a result of what somebody else did on the road. Perhaps they didn't give way to him. Bean sprouts and then laugh. Yeah. Because it's not a matter of life or death. We don't have control over what other people are doing around us. We have control over how we react. So to anybody listening, if you get stressed out, shout bean sprouts. Bean sprouts. Shout it, Sean. Bean sprouts! Bean sprouts! <laughs> but it was, that was particular to that client because we were also talking about making some changes to nutrition. We were talking about what goes into a stir fry. You know, and at the end of their session, like you can literally sum up and go, well, it all comes back to beans perhaps at the end. Because that's us rescuing a situation that is potentially quite damaging, quite negative, quite frustrating. We have the moment, we have a moment where we choose how we react. Seize it. And if you can seize it and smile, you are winning. Seize it and smile. I like that. There's your power. That's, yeah. that's what we do. We have power at all stages in our lives. We have power. Regardless of what happens to you, we have power. Question is, do we choose to see it? All that you need is within you. Your power is within you. It is there. <laughs> the giant is there. It just needs to be fed and watered and nurtured. Like your, your three pillars. <laughs> it, it all comes back to that, that same thing is how am I going to support an individual in having a better life through moving, through eating and through thinking in a slightly different way? And that's, it, it sounds absolutely nuts, does it, bean sprouts? But that worked for that client. And he will still come into a PT session and shout bean sprouts with a massive grin on his face. That's the version of that client that I want to see. It's not the angry. It's not the sharp elbows. It's not the recluse from the world. It's not the, the frustration, the self-sabotage, the self-critic, the hatred. Life is too short for hatred for anybody else or for ourselves.
I like I like that brown sprouts and reminds me of um, when I was working before I was going in to the place and I was like I have to be in a good mood now to go into work I'd be a bit tired or whatever and I'd listen to something funny either on YouTube or a podcast or something just to make me laugh and then I'd go in and I'd be in a better mood yeah and it's it's relatively simple these days to laugh isn't it it's relatively simple we've got podcasts we've got YouTube you know question is how much more of our lives can we enjoy yeah that has to be the fundamental question. How can I get more enjoyment for my life? The best comedians bring out the simplest things in our life. Yeah, the ones that we all identify with. Yes, like like Michael McIntyre is very good at, at doing it with simple everyday situations. Like yeah. when you go to the hotel and they, you're going for breakfast and they seat you and they're like, here you go, you can sit here. And then you sit down and then it's a buffet, so you'd have to get straight up again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a squat. You for you, right? There's a squat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so well, what's know. your take on it? Can you out train a, a, a suboptimum diet, Sean? Jeez, I forgot we'd uh, actually that was the, the topic. <laughs> we uh, digress, sir. To be to be very black and white, yes. Like look at Say Michael Phelps, for instance, I remember seeing something before about his diet and he's eating like whatever, eight, nine thousand calories a day, eating most things that you think, oh, that's a bad diet or bad food. He was eating like um, like he could eat like McDonald's. He could be eating some fried foods. He could be eating, obviously, good foods as well. Quote, good foods. Um, Like look at any most a lot of athletes say like strong men athletes, their diet is like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of it is clean. Most of it is good, good food, but they have like, they have to eat some calorie dense foods as well uh, to make up their calories. So if, you, of, are, if you are at that level, then yes, you can out train. Okay, so different question. Is trying to out train a suboptimum diet for the majority of people that we come into contact with every day a good way to create a lifestyle which is sustainable no sir <laughs> there we go so it's, no it's specific to an individual isn't it yes completely specific you can and that's why i love these questions because with every question there should be a degree of yes and no non-binary non-fixed the non-writing answer is, the answer is it always is always it depends yeah to any any question in the world, do you want to go for? Well, to be fair, in in, in like ten years of, of running, in ten years of running three pillars of fitness, I have not met an athlete yet. And we are all athletes in our own lives, but I haven't met or trained anybody who's looking to enter competition. Um, so that's 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 not one of my specialisms. My specialism is taking people that lead relatively normal lives and helping them create a better life through sustainable health habits which i hope and i hope when you know when i finally kick the bucket i hope without too much ego getting into this that somebody writes on my headstone which will be a proverbial headstone it's not a metaphorical headstone it won't exist because you put me in the sea or put me in a field or whatever i don't want a headstone but I hope people remember me and say, 
Bean sprouts. <laughs> yeah, bean sprouts first. That's going. That's that'll go first. That's the headline. Um, but also, he helped me find different solutions to my problems, and that changed my life. And if I can do that, my job here is well done. And it's it's not it's not necessarily about creating the fastest, quickest outputs. It's about allowing people to recognize their own power, allowing people to recognize what it is as a privilege to have choices to be made and also moving forward from old stories, beliefs and narratives that don't serve us through practice, 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 practice. Practice makes permanent, doesn't it? But that's, that's, the, that's the power way of doing things. But my saying is practice makes progress. Yeah. Well, right practice makes progress. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then you're suggesting there's a right and a wrong, and that's too binary for me. Well, if you have your your ladder up against the wrong wall, if you're if you're in, like a, we deal with a lot of people who've ingrained habits over the years, mm-hmm. as simple as if you're having a cup of tea, you need to have a, a few biscuits with it to to whatever bigger habits that they've they've got into in their life the not exercising habit or the not eating right habit or whatever it is that has spiraled. So there's always. What were you going to, what's the analogy you were going to use there, Sean, if you've got your ladder against the wrong wall? Sometimes you can, you can have your ladder against the wrong wall. Uh, You've climbed up the ladder and you realize, Oh, I was meant to be on uh, over in the other building. Yeah, so and, and that that does work, um, but what I would say is, who chooses it? Was who says it was the wrong wall? The individual. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a personal approach again. Yeah. It's a personal approach again. Um, and I think it's really hard, isn't it, to move away from this good, bad, right, wrong, negative, positive, mm. success, failure, and it runs so very deeply through our lives. We have to question whether that's working for us. Some people that will work, many at one. And that's, that's where, for me anyway, journaling at the end of the day, at the start of the day and at the end of the day, really helps. I don't do it every day, but I, I would do it most days. Um, because I, sometimes you'd be lying there and you'd be like, fuck, at the end of the day, what? I didn't do anything now today. And then you, it's asked you, okay, what, was, what were you most proud of today or what did you achieve? Yeah. And I did, oh yeah, I helped. I did this client there and helped her with that, and then I did this and I wrote that, and then you're like, oh, actually, I did did quite a bit today, actually. And there will be lots of people listening to this podcast, and please take this with the way it's meant. If you're listening to this and saying journaling cannot change my life, you you are being too binary. You are cutting off before you've practiced it, right? So if you are listening to this, please take action. Start to journal. Practice makes progress, okay? What Sean's doing there with his journaling is he is learning to self-care. He is hugging himself at the end of the day. And that will change your world. And if you get to the point where you say, I haven't got time to journal today, watch what your mind does. It doubts. It frustrates. It feels less 
supportive of ourselves and our actions. What you're doing is you're reconciling, you're looking for good. If you look for shit, you'll find it. If you look for good, you'll find it. Yeah, and it's something I put off with a while because it was a buzzword a few years ago. Everyone was journaling and it was like the done thing. And I was like, ah, fuck that. I don't need that journaling at all. Shite. And since I've started to do it, it's like, okay, this is, it's actually not too bad, you know? I just Language like, is really interesting. Um, that was the reel that I've posted today around language. You know, So if you don't like workouts, practice exercise. It's going to help you reach your goal. If you don't like going to work, practice making a living so you can put food inside the tummies of you and your children, pay for their education. And if you don't like diets, learn to nourish in line with the thing that you want for your future. It is all down to our perspective, which is why I believe that the most pivotal of our three pillars is mindset. And that is massive when it comes to the development of the self. I like that. Doing it for a... A different, a bigger goal outside yourself. If you if you're doing anything in your life that you feel is mundane and you dislike doing, you must link it back to your goal. Yeah. It is serving you some purpose, you're failing to see it. And that includes fucking things up. When things go wrong, stand back, journal, write, think, breathe, and choose your route forward. Nice. On that note, I know, Andy, you have another appointment in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So any closing words, closing statements? Are your goals coming from a place of lack or from love? If you want to create a better lifestyle for yourself, then is that going to happen in a week or two weeks? Patience practice progress and compassion and when you find those gifts for yourself you can share them with others and that is a good life let's have a good self-serving self-caring self-supporting life let's be happy with our time on this small little planet of ours beautiful <laughs> my closing words are bean sprouts <laughs> <laughs> Bean sprouts, Sean. Bean sprouts. Um, if you want to find Andy, you'll find him at Three Pillars of Fitness on Instagram, Facebook, and your website, Three Pillars of Fitness. Yeah, Three Pillars of Fitness.com. If anyone is interested in Pilates or boxer size in the comfort of your own home, speak to Sean. <laughs> to Andy. Reach, reach out to either of us. Reach out. Don't be, don't be scared. Don't do it on your own. Reach out and we will help you. Right. God bless and talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, Sean.